Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, hey, all right, everybody. We are the Announcer Schedules Podcast, Mike and Phil. And as we told you at the top of the podcast, this week's special guest is Mark Jones from ESPN. And if you're listening on Thursday, you will hear Mark tonight on the call of the elimination game in Philly as the Sixers take on the Celtics. And an elimination game in Philly, Mark, do you think it'll be wild in Philadelphia or what? Unbelievable, man. Uh, It's going to be quite the vibe in there. And Philadelphia fans have that, um, you know, you feel them when you're calling a game. You not only hear them, but you feel them. It That sound kind of reverberates and really hits all parts of your body. And, uh, man, I tell you, there wasn't a more kind of gripping scene uh, a few nights back when Joel got his MVP award, man, and Arthur, his son, comes out, and the crowd went wild, and he was in tears. I mean, it was unbelievable. And then the last game we did in Philadelphia uh, last Sunday, man, the, it was a Disney ending, right? I mean, Harden hitting the game-winning three. Uh, John Howe, his special guest of the game, comes out, and the fans go nuts. Uh, it's going to be a tough act to top, but uh, I'm sure in Philadelphia anything's possible, right? Well, Mark will be on the call. Sixers-Celtics game six elimination, 730. If you're listening to the podcast on Thursday, if you are listening later than that, well, he already called the game, and hopefully my Sixers won. That'll be the first game of the doubleheader, and the Nuggets will try to knock off the Suns at 10 o'clock on Thursday night doubleheader. Mark, obviously uh, you've done a wide variety of stuff, but the NBA right now is kind of your signature moment. You had that signature moment last year. We remember you calling, getting the call for the NBA Finals. Give us a little background on what that was like. Hey, Mark, NBA Finals, we need you on a plane. How was that? It was wild, guys. I mean, I was here in Miami where my wife and I live in the offseason, and uh, we have a home, and I was taking my 90-pound Doberman to the vet on a uh, weekday, and I think it was a Wednesday, and got a phone call from my coordinating producer saying, hey, we got a situation out here. I needed to jump on a plane and come out and uh, probably be ready to call game one. So uh, took my dog to get his shots, came back, packed a bag. My wife got me all packed up and flew out to San Francisco, man, and uh, basically didn't find out until the morning of the game at about 1030 a.m. that um, I was going to be calling it because of, you know, the COVID and Mike and how it was impacting him. So without getting to specifics, uh, the benefit for me was that I had just finished calling the Miami-Boston Eastern Conference Finals on ESPN Radio. So uh, I was already up to speed, and nobody watches the NBA more than I do anyway. So I was watching the Golden State Series in the Western Conference. So it's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. It was a great moment, man, and one of the highlights of my career. And, you know, when they threw the ball up and, you know, Mark Jackson and I and Lisa Salters called that game, it was – quite the moment for me it was it was fantastic career highlight and you know the nba is just such a great uh, sports great league so many wonderful players and coaches to talk about and tell their stories while you're documenting the game it, it was fun and i i look forward to you know being being on the call again this year for this playoff 
Yeah, for those of you uh, remembering, that was uh, last year. He filled in uh, for that Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then he said, you find out about 10.30 that morning that you're doing Celtics-Warriors. I mean, what's the preparation like in terms of, hey, you're on the call tonight, and now you got to change your focus? Yeah, you know what? I actually, uh, as a contingency, I just made sure to uh, have my charts and my boards ready Uh in the you know 24 hours leading up to the morning that I found out I was doing the game, I was preparing as if I would be calling the game. So uh, going through the usual kind of um, you know we had a Zoom meeting with the two coaches uh, for the teams respectively. Um, we each got a we got a player each from each team, Golden State and Boston. Uh, took my notes down, uh, got them organized, and. Woke up in the morning and just waited for the call the next day. Got the call and it was it was on. So, you know, I I, I kind of like to at that time of the year, I'm usually so engrossed in it. Um, I'm I'm ready to call the game anyway, more or less. It's just some of the finer details that you go over with in terms of the show open, the format with the producer. Um, but when the green light was given, it was you know, call my wife. Hey, Sarah. I'm calling my first ever NBA Finals, man, in 30-odd years at ESPN. This is going to be real cool. It was really cool. And then uh, called my mom, my brother, and uh, it, it was fantastic. And then on top of it, you know, as fate would have it, uh, you know, Van Gundy was still coming back from a thing I can't legally discuss, but, you know, he was impacted by COVID, if you know what I mean. And uh, it ended up being the first ever all black broadcast crew on an NBA finals, which was uh, a historical moment, you know, so it was, it was good. You know, you, you hate to benefit at somebody's uh, expense because Mike is the elite of the elite when it comes to play by play guys and got so much respect for Mike Breen and the work he's done through the years. And, um, you know, I was, I was glad to be able to fill in. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. You, you describe this amazing moment where you got the chance to call the NBA finals. Well, you had another one also involving family. You mentioned some of your family members there this past season, San Jose state women's basketball and your daughter, Sophia Jones, a women's basketball student athlete at SJSU who was recuperating from an injury, but starting to get some reps in the broadcast world. You on play by play Sophia as the analyst for a San Jose state Fresno state game, uh, Tell us about that, how that all manifested, and obviously just, you know, how meaningful of a moment that had to be. Yeah, well, the genesis of it, um, Phil, was that my daughter tore her ACL last September during a routine defensive closeout drill. Uh, She's a sophomore on the basketball team at San Jose State. And during the course of her uh, rehabilitation from her injury, um, the coach had her do a lot of the media obligations, and she is a broadcast journalism major at San Jose State, so they have the West Coast Conference Network, and um, they called and said, hey, um, we have this game against our rivals, Fresno State. We need a play-by-play guy. How would you like to do it? So I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, yes, you know, mark me down. To be able to call the game with my daughter um, on West Coast Conference TV was, was fantastic. And, you know, she grew up watching – uh, basketball with my wife and I on the couch. We always are on league pass and watching the NBA, watching college basketball, watching the WNBA. Uh, she grew up in the gym uh, playing and, you know, even here in Miami in the off season, she has a bunch of 
NBA players as uh, workout partners with uh, one of the NBA trainers in town. So um, I just told her before we went on air, Phil, said, honey, just don't be nervous. It's just TV. Just talk basketball like we're at home on the couch. And that's what she did. And it was a fun moment. Then later in the year, we ended up, um, she ended up being part of an all women's, uh, not an all women's, but during Women's International Month, um, part of a broadcast team on NBC Sports California. And as you guys know, I do games for the Sacramento Kings as well. And she uh, was our sideline reporter for that. So another great moment, man. It was it was fantastic. And um, to hear her break down the game and, you know, talk strategies and ask questions post-game that were relevant and incisive was uh, was really rewarding and really cool as a parent, man. And Mark, you mentioned that the Sacramento Kings, you've you've been the TV voice for, for that franchise as well these last few seasons. And I was surprised knowing you as a Miami guy when I saw the announcement that you're heading out to, to Sacramento. Can you tell us a little more about that, the geography, how you juggle it all, you know, a, as well, being the voice of the Kings and obviously all your ESPN duties? Yeah, it gets pretty hectic, uh, Phil, from, you know, the start of college football in September up until the start of the NBA season. It's just college football. But then when it gets to like the middle of October, I'm doing college football for ESPN as well as NBA for ESPN and NBA for the Sacramento Kings. So, you know, my wife and my agent get together and, and kind of cross-reference the schedule, uh, workout logistics in terms of flight schedules, if I can make it to certain games, if I can't. But you know, I end up uh, doing over 50 games a year for Sacramento, and uh, it's it's been fun, you know, especially with what happened with the Kings this year. It was a, a lot of fun to watch Mike Brown transform that team into a winner from zero to 100, man, third place in the Western Conference, and to be able to be on the microphone for those games to, you know, tell the story of the cultural change there in Sacramento and to, you know, speak to Mike and speak to the players to, watch Keegan Murray as a rookie grow and it, it was great it was it gets a little bit exhausting at times to be honest with you and you know there are times where I wake up in cities and think <laughs> oh where am I going next peek out the window where am I um and then to wake up to the odd um oh your flight's been canceled I'm like oh boy what now so it, it worked out this year I was able to fulfill all my obligations on all sides of the ledger and um Look forward to doing it again this year. Mark Jones is our guest here, and uh, we're spending a couple of minutes. Don't forget the NBA playoffs. He'll be on the call. Uh, I'm imagining with Doris uh, tomorrow, uh, Thursday night when we're yeah. – uh, Yep, Doris Burke. Yeah, uh, yeah. Has been kind of your be with Doris and Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. that's been kind of uh, that signature uh, par- pairing there. Uh, how ha- You've worked with a lot of different partners. What makes it unique about working with Doris, who's really risen to the top of the ladder? Man, Doris is a Hall of Famer, man. Um, you know, talks the game knows the game inside out, puts in, you know, you know, assiduous work and prep- preparation each and every game. It's, it's fun to be able to, uh, you know, get with her on the night before a game and just uh, sit down and talk about basketball and, you know, what we want to bring up during the course of the broadcast, any kind of interesting stories or stats that might pop up and things to look for, you know, usually uh, like we uh, did today on Thursday, go to Philadelphia, shoot around, go to Boston, shoot around, speak to the players and coaches um, to stumble into something that maybe we weren't aware of. But it's all about just um, having those conversations right between her and I and Cassidy. And, you know, for an example, 
Cassidy found out about the story of James having John Howe as a special guest coming. And we, between the three of us and our producer, Rodney Vaughn, and our director, Jeff Evers, talked about how we were going to get to that story early in the game so that we can introduce it so that depending on how the game played out, we could reintroduce it at the end. And you, you know, saw how the game ended with James hitting the game winner, who he calls John Howe's lucky charm now. And uh, he said, yeah, you're going to be here at the game tonight at game six. So we'll look for that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Mark, can you tell our listeners a little bit, because you've got a lot of people who are young broadcasters, what goes into the day of a game and is a playoff day game or a finals game day different from your you know your regular Sacramento day? When do you get to the arena and start preparing for that night's game? What's the yes. day of a game like for a broadcaster? Yeah. I, I, I'm an, uh, my disclaimer is I'm an NBA geek, okay? My life is all NBA, so I, I'm, I'm speaking to – coaches and scouts constantly um you know last night i was texting with mike brown who's in greece right now watching one of the sacramento kings draft picks play in the euro league um so on a typical morning i'll wake up and get my charts ready i'll print my charts out i'll go to my iphone where i keep a file of uh personal anecdotes on each and every player that's going to be on the court tonight something interesting i might find whether it's um you know, Tobias Harris and his dad, Torin, who sat courtside at the last game, how he negotiated uh, Tobias's last contract, um, how his daughter played at Long Beach State last year, was the West, a big West Conference player of the year. Anything that might uh, humanize the player, you know, uh, take the player out of the uniform and appeal to the viewer watching at home. So I've got a personal file that I keep through the years of stories on each player. Uh, and then I'll look at some of the, you know, play calls. I'll look at um, some of the frequently run plays by the 76ers or by the Celtics and see which ones, talk about which ones seem to be working so that when it comes up in the game, I can look at, um, you know, the 76ers running horns out for uh, James or for Joel Embiid and say, hey, Doris, there's a set that's scored the last two times down the floor. So, you don't. You, you never want to be surprised with any kind of tactics or strategy. Um, you know, talk about Doc Rivers and and how he wants to substitute. Uh, so it's basically going through all uh, of the possible scenarios, getting to shoot around the morning of the game, um, each of the shoot arounds. Then later in the day, we'll have a production meeting. Uh, we get to the arena for a seven thirty game. We'll probably get to the arena at about five. Uh, meet with each of the respective head coaches at about five thirty, six o'clock. And then the red light goes on and it's showtime and you take a deep breath and kind of let the game unfold before you, uh, never forgetting that you got to keep the main thing, the main thing, the game is the thing and all the other stuff around it is icing. So you want to be able to, you know, for all the young broadcasters out there, uh, present your information in a, 
timely, uh, informative, and entertaining way. And hey, listen, the E in the ESPN stands for entertainment, right? This is sports. We're supposed to have fun with it. So I like to have a little fun when the time and opportunity is appropriate. Mark, you mentioned how engulfed you've been in the NBA. I can't help but think back to the NBA Today, the, the show that you were the host of back in the early 90s, Mike doing the imaginary shot and so forth. And I remember I was a college student at University of Florida in Gainesville, and that was I watched it every single night, you know, and man. we loved it. You know, we would do the imaginary shot in the, in the dorm room. You just room. aged yourself, man. You just aged yourself. <laughs> exactly. But tell us how that kind of got you started in so many ways on this path. I, you know, I know you, you got started even before that up in Canada, but really that NBA Today show in getting your footing not only with ESPN, but also in the NBA world. Right. So I started off my television career in Toronto at TSN, the sports network and Canadian version of ESPN. And, um, you know, went to one of my producers there uh, back in May of 1990 and said, hey, Scott, I got this tape. I want you to listen to it. He listened to it, came back to me the next day, said, I don't think you're ready for ESPN yet. Two weeks later, I had an offer from ESPN doing the NBA Today. Uh, started off in the studio with Jack Ramsey, David Aldridge, some great people I've been able to work through through the year, but, years. But, you know, the studio was always kind of my thing. I started off as a, as a primarily a studio anchor, and that show was a lot of fun. We used to tape it on Tuesday afternoons. We, we used to write it up. I used to write it up on Mondays. And then Tuesday afternoons, we'd go into the studio and tape it at about two o'clock. We'd turn it around. It would air at about five uh, every Tuesday. And, you know, back then, for context, there was no Internet. There was no Twitter. So all of your basketball information at the time came from, you know, either Pete Vesey's column or certain newspaper columnists once a week. Or you'd watch the NBA Today on ESPN and it was just really fun to go around the league and cover the different teams and talk about the players. And, and um, that era of basketball was a lot of fun. You know, there were a lot of, uh, you know, it was, it was Ewing and the Knicks. It was Jordan had a chance to cover all six of Michael Jordan's championships. And that show really was uh, kind of a launching pad for me in terms of being able to expand my knowledge and, uh, have access to the NBA and I'll always think about the the great people I was able and fortunate to work with Jack Ramsey God rest his soul um, David Aldridge uh, Fred Carter Jim Lynham I worked with Jimmy Lynham the mad dog by the way yeah. Jimmy Lynham yeah. man you're giving Jimmy, us some Jimmy, locals great man he's still I, I saw him at the game on Sunday and uh, he had a big two Philadelphia guys right Fred Freddie Carter, Carter yep and, and Jimmy Lynham had a great impact on my broadcasting career in the NBA. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Lynham was just on my radio show here uh, on Monday. We had the coach <laughs> on. Uh, Mad Dog was the coach here for a while. Uh, not a while, yeah. but a little while. I mean, uh, but yeah, yeah. I remember the point after uh, the yeah. show? <laughs> Mad Dog was always great, man. You, um, <laughs> you worked some games with Bill Walton too, didn't you? Yeah, Bill was, uh, Bill was in the studio with me, and we did a couple of um, – Game broadcast too, and uh, with Bill, man, you just fasten your seatbelt and you know, <laughs> like the roller coaster, put your hands up and just go with the flow. Not <laughs> uh, anything from the Grateful Dead to yeah, you know, I, I, everything, anything Bohemian. I mean, the guy is just Bill has his own universe, man, and it, it's fun. Uh, Mark Jones on the call for Sixers and Celtics, the deciding game six, and then uh, 
as always, keep your schedule open because you never know when you're getting the call. And uh, he's been a guest of the Announcer Schedules podcast. Also, college football. He's done some NHL uh, versatile studio host. Uh, but as he said, he's an NBA guy. Sacramento, the Kings had a run this year. And, uh, of course, he'll be back with the Kings in 2023-2024. And Mark Jones, safe flight, safe trip. And uh, we'll be watching and listening, man. Mike, Phil, I appreciate you guys. Keep up the great work, man. You guys do a fantastic job. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.